Hello and welcome. My name is Lewis Pearson. I'm the founder of Ollie Clothing and it is with great pleasure that I get to introduce you to our very first podcast show. Uh, We've been working on these very hard in the background for about the best part of six months now and we've got a big archive of interviews already done so we've tried our best to keep it on the DL. Obviously I have a massive mouth and uh, that comes with its challenges. So first show is with pd savage and it's a great show it's a real cool narrative um to his journey and an insight to the steps that he's taken to get where he is now pd's a a, a close friend of mine he's a close friend of the companies and, and we've been working with him for three years so i thought who else better to launch these than with our very old golden boy i hope um everybody can get a bit of value from these especially with the times that we're in um nobody's getting it easy right now and, and i think we can all respect that so hopefully these shows bring a bit of enjoyment hopefully to kind of take uh, the edge off what we're doing and yeah i hope you guys enjoy it so um i'll leave with the company motto which is small victories repeated daily and yeah thanks guys How are you, mate? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Are you well? How's the form? Uh, the form's good. The form's good. Can't complain. Um, so I say we get straight into it. Time is of yeah. the essence today. So yes, mate, we'll get straight in. Um, I'm going to ask you about your journey, who you are, get you to intro yourself. Um, so yeah, even start off with the intro. What age are you? Where are you from? All right, so my name is PD Savage. PD stands for Patrick Daniel. Oh. I am 30 years old, just turned 30, the dirty 30s. The dirty 30s. Yeah. Um, I am from a small village called Leitrim, which is just outside Castle Well. It's not County Leitrim, Leitrim. Um, I actually thought that that's every time you say it. Yeah, most people do. Um, and especially when I went to university at the start, everyone thought it was from County Leitrim. Didn't realise it was only 50 minutes away from Belfast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a small village. There's not much in it. There's a crossroads and a football pitch and a pub. Um, the essentials. The essentials. Yeah, and that's pretty much me and where I'm from. Cool. So, um, nice wee intro. Um, some people might know you and some people might not know you. So, kind of even, uh, well, actually, a lot of the listeners probably will know you. Um, Petey's been a regular on the CrossFit scene in Ireland, been one of the higher, higher performers um, across that scene. So, um, even let's start with your journey, mate. You know, what was your sporting background? How did you get into sports? Have you always done sports? Um, because that's obviously the main thing. Yeah. Um, well, the background really GAA. I used to play Gaelic football and hurling. Um, played that from the age of like under tens, you know, like nine years old maybe, even younger possibly, maybe eight. Um, played that, you know, all the way up until like 23, 24. Um, probably during that time, you know, strength and conditioning sort of did come into it, and I can Sorry actually. Sorry to interrupt. Did you find much success in Ga? Um, bits and pieces. You know, where our club was always on the like lower division size but we won a couple of um like under 20 awards under 21 awards and like all county awards and it was very it was a big it was a big achievement for us in a very small club you know um we actually a lot of at the time a lot of people were like emigrating to australia and things so some of the local clubs actually amalgamated and that was actually really really good because um we amalgamated with our local club dramara and then we won like an under 20 all county title um and it was just it was very good because you know two people two clubs like at the start of it people were coming in and like one one team was sitting in one side of the dressing room one team was sitting in the other side of the dressing room and by the end of it we were actually a team yeah, and you know actually coming together yeah so that was a really cool experience um 
just through school as well. Just you know, I suppose anyone who plays GAA would know about Macquarie Cup football, um, and like that's all like in schoolboys football. The mm-hmm. same like schools rugby. Yeah, you yeah. have that real camaraderie and have really good um, memories of that. You know, the that's just you know training after once you go to school with every day, training after school. You know, you're with them all day, like day that. in day out. Yeah. And I think if you ask anybody in schools football, like they would die for that team. Yeah. Do you know they would do anything for that team? I think it's, it's the same in the rugby yeah, as well. Yeah, it's very similar. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's the same experience. But no, that was really enjoyable. And how did you find? Well, when when did the the, the transfer really happen? Of you moving from MGAA into CrossFit? What did that um, look like, and how I, did it happen? I, I'd always been into like fitness and things. And funny, I just remember the other day, whenever I was like 15, I remember I used to sneak into a local country club, Burndale. You used to have to be 16 years old, <laughs> and I used to pretend I was, and you just told him a fake date of birth and remember my mum used to pick me up it was like three days a week after school and he used to go in and do like three hits of ten on every keel machine so <laughs> yeah. just like everything was on the line just do three hits of ten didn't know what i was doing but just like just do more so that was really the start of like learning like you know no clue about what you're doing yeah. or resistance yeah. training so that was kind of the start of it and that just sort of progressed then you know a wee bit of s and c we get like it was still like this is over 10 years ago so it was still very very backward, not backward, but just not really ex- had much exposure to that. Yeah. So I hadn't done much S&C training um, and then just sort of developed into university and then university football, going to the gym, bench press, buys, tries, you know, no legs at this stage. All the show muscles. You know, yeah, all the show muscles. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really Sets it. Sets 21s? Oh, yeah, the essentials. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I had to fill that T-shirt for the night Daddy out. knows about 21s. Yeah, um, um, yeah, 21s for the, the Monday night before going to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> And when and at what point did you completely leave, um, you know, God and yeah, go into um, CrossFit? It was actually, it, it was probably, it was only really because our club was like, um, we were like dwindling down, we are always in division relegation playoffs, you know, always down to the next league. And like throughout the year, you know, boys, everyone has their own commitments, so you can't expect everyone to turn up, yeah. people have families and things. Um, so towards the end of the year, you're having like 10 people training, and then we were just scraping and staying by. So during the year, it didn't really get much fun, you know, whereas if you had the whole team playing, it would be. So that kind of, I just sort of found CrossFit at that time, and that was like just over five years ago. So I was like, you know, maybe six years ago now, actually, coming up to six this year. Um, and... Yeah, we were in a relegation playoff. We stayed up in Division One, and I had just been started CrossFit, so that I started CrossFit over over a year at that stage, and I was completely bitten by the bug, and um, yeah, that, that's when I just decided that you know I'm going to go for it because earlier that year actually we had a sorry, what age? What age were you at that? I was 20, 24 then. Yeah, twenty four. I just finished. I think I just finished doing a master's degree in Queens, and then started working, and then it was that year that I just decided. You know, whenever, especially when you started working, you just had less time. And I was like, I don't fancy going to the football field. Like I, I, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I much en- enjoyed, you know, basically whatever you put into your own fitness journey is what you get out. Do you yeah, know, so the more time and effort you put into two, it. Two kind of dynamics in that you've got team sport <clears> and, and cross is very individualized. So it's like mm. if you're, I'd probably be the same as you. I played a lot of team sports in my time, but I was always the one maybe in the gym more or what maybe probably wasn't the best on the field, but I always loved um, everything off the field, the, the training on the pitches, the, the gymming. So that was a big transfer and a big change. Um, but at what point did you then start saying, right, shit, I, I like this CrossFit thing. I'm actually okay at it. Um, and then at what point did you start taking yourself serious and really start looking at big competitions? And um, Well, actually, the first, the first time I realized that I was definitely going to do it was the first competition. I think it was six months into CrossFit. And this was in my penultimate year in studying or something. I can't remember what year it was, 
but it was six months into CrossFit and done Titanic Games in RCFNI. Oh, shout out to Andy for the, for yeah, the Titanic Games. Yeah, it was a great competition. That's an OG comp. Yeah, it was great. And um, done that and surprisingly came third that weekend. Like, I couldn't do... I couldn't do muscle-ups, thankfully no muscle-ups were programmed that weekend. Yeah. You know, I've PB'd and squat clean for like 10 reps at 100 kilo. <laughs> like, in the, during the competition, PB'd and squat snatch for 9 reps at like 70 kilo. Um, and a load of different things. And then after that weekend, that was like, I actually told, we were meant to have a football match on the, on the Saturday. And um, I told my coach that I was sick. And I couldn't go to the match. <laughs> I didn't tell him I was doing a fitness competition. I had no, I had absolutely no clue that I was going to place in the podium. Yeah. And next thing you seen all these pictures. I think there's actually a picture in the paper, and then there was like uh, pictures on social media of me standing on the podium at this fitness competition <laughs> when I was supposed to be at the football match. So yeah, it went down well anyway because I knew the team we were playing were would beat them well anyway. Well, so it was fine. Yeah. Well. So I got badly found out. Um, but yeah, no, it was pretty cool. They were all um, happy enough about it. Like. Um, and then kind of what was the touch so that was your first comp and what would that have been 2015 maybe 2016 i think it was 2015 yeah and then so when did you um really start knuckling down and, and start moving towards bigger comps because i mind the first time that i ever seen you i think was back whenever the european champs was still called battle of the beasts and mm. i think you placed first in the qualifiers and then that's when you came on to our radar yeah. Um, so like, was that around the time whenever you really started moving forward to bigger comps and more competitive comps? And yeah, no, it was. That would have been in 2016. Um, so that was like 20. I think 2014 was like the year, like November 2014, December 2014 is when it started. 2015 was Satanic Games, and 2016, you're right, was the year that done them qualifiers and things. Um, and and like you say that too casually, and just to add a bit of context to that, like at the time, the Battle of the Beast was the biggest baddest competition probably in the uk and one of the bigger badder ones in europe yeah and yeah you placed first that year in quality and qualification yeah that was a real nice surprise and it, it, to be honest it was just you know i had been doing all of the to say like donkey work you know i mean doing it all maybe not recovering well probably not eating right and i just sort of hit my stride yeah, you know yeah. and it was the first time first time i really felt like i got the stride and hit the training right but even and that's that's testimony as well mate to to how kind of well adapted you became to because you know from zero to hero in two years and i mean hero is in being able to go and enter one of those comps and do really well and be competitive because mm. i know with that you know you had all your big names the shrunkas and um i couldn't even go back to, to name a few ogs um but you had those big guys it was like there. alec hardwood and yeah uh, a lot of them ones like you know all the ones who were top in europe at that time exactly you know? and, and they were all entered in that and i, I was like who is this guy and what is yeah. he eating i want i want some of it yeah. but um so that was kind of i'd say battle of the beast is probably your the the turning point for you and in moving into bigger bigger and better competitions when did ever when did you then move into doing like when, when, put it this way, when did you start thinking about regionals and when did you start thinking about all that stuff and the bigger comps? Um, <coughs> probably just more so the more I started training here at E20, um, you know, with Neil Laverty and he's sort of, he's always very good and he still is, you know, at seeing talent and potential mm -hmm. and like I've never had someone talk to me so straight and be like, you know, you could be good at this or... Yeah. I'll interject and say, Neil Laverty talks straight, all right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he does, you know, he does. He, that's, well, actually, that's probably a, an important thing as well. You know, when, at what stage did you get coaching and, and how much did that impact your kind of journey? Um, well, that's been really been a major thing because that's probably, probably been working with Neil now just short of five years, maybe. So after Titanic Games, 
uh, fell friends with like Luke Ebron and things who came second that year mm-hmm. and then just started training with him more and come down to D20 and um, you know there's loads of ones training like Ficky, Elliot and um, loads of other ones and just getting your ass handed every day mm-hmm. and it was just like an addiction you were just coming back for more do you yeah, know yeah. Um, so that was kind of you know learning like, what the sport across it was mm-hmm. and then after that probably maybe four or five months into that Neil started you know picking up more individualised programming so it was probably just under five years that I've been doing that well, that, that would be 2015 so really like that that's a very very fast um well that's an intense two years going from kind of zero just entering your first comp to getting a coach to go into the bigger and better comps but it just shows you kind of especially in this sport how um important a coach can be for the competitive side of it massively yeah and like you know i i do think that i wouldn't have reached like you know likes of even thinking of going to regionals or doing this or doing that like i remember talking to people back in the day who open up CrossFit gyms in the locality and then being like, oh, these guys are going to regionals, they're mad and there's these boys training here and they're doing this and God, you can never do that. And I was like, yeah, you can never do it because you're telling yourself you can't do exactly. it. Do you know, it's just that kind of closed mindset. So, um, and that fixed mindset. So I was like, no, I don't, I didn't particularly agree with it. You always, I always had this thing in my head. It's like, I, I know I can, can go toe to toe with a lot of guys and things. But skills and other things were just holding me back. So cool, and um, we'll 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 talk on that later. So even um, with moving forward to regionals, like when was the first time? Mm-hmm. Do you, was there a, a turning point or a period that you said, right? I actually think I'm good enough to go and roll with the big dogs. Let's put our, our mind to work here and let's get it done. Um, you know, I don't really know if when that exactly happened, but I know we're working towards as a team, and you know, I just always believed sort of in what Neil said. So he said like team is. You know, doable. It's mm-hmm. like we can do, we can get a team, go to regions, and compete. It's like right, let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. so it wasn't at the start. It wasn't really like right, we're going to go individual, going to do this because that at, at that stage, I just wasn't, wouldn't have been ready. Mm-hmm. You know, and wouldn't have had the capacity or skills to do the um, be at that level. Um, so whenever he said right, let's go team, I was like right, you know, let's go team. And, 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 and do even that. to add context to that, you've been what a team after three years. Um, I don't know, two years. Two, two and years. then individual, individual in the yeah. third year. Yeah. So I'd say you know going team, you know maybe the barrier entry is a bit lower. You can kind of rely on your teammates a bit more. Um, but it, the big thing is that it gives you a taste of that regional. Oh score. yeah, like, no, for a big time. That was a big, big. Whenever I seen some of the people in the regional floor, I was like, I can do that. Yeah. Do you know, as soon as I seen them there, stand beside them. Like, I think I've always said this to people, the most impressive thing when you see these athletes, it's like, you know, you see Lexi Goodmanson, uh-huh. and like, he's so, he's not he's not small by any means, yeah. but in comparison, in comparison to what he can lift, yeah. and how he moves, he yeah. just moves with perfection, so you're nearly more uh, more impressed by the size of the guys, that they're actually smaller and just so compact, um, and whereas in the girls are just so thick, you know, and different shapes that you would never see, you know, mm-hmm. so you're, that's the two skills you know that's crazy and like how much work you know what was the well what was the difference in team training and then trying to get to regionals because i know that year you went to regionals <coughs> as an individual you were hell-bent on being top 10 and you were hell-bent on even trying to push for podium you were hell-bent on just trying to put your best foot forward and actually go and compete so yeah. what was the like in terms of maybe ours or the intensities or the kind of training what was the main differences between it and team training um I was always very so focused on self-progression, you know, I was always very focused on that anyway, so team training was, I, I always liked being, the, like, 
I always like it's like whenever you feel somebody suffering, it's like yeah. right, okay, let's get through this. You know, it's yeah. like taking somebody under the wing and like like you know, I always enjoy that aspect. You know, of like enjoying right, the pain with other people. Exactly, I know it's but you know it it does. It's like team bonding is there. You know, and anyone if you, if people are suffering as much as you are, like you know, you do just have that um, common respect for them man, afterwards. You know, so um, yeah, no, that was definitely enjoyable. So you're always very focused on you know self progressions anyway. Um, so that just sort of carries through individualized training. Do you know, mm-hmm. even if you are a team athlete, you have to focus on if you get your weaknesses better, then you're going to be a better the contribution to that team. Be so yeah. you still have to be very focused on your own weaknesses. Obviously, for things like synchro and everything, you have to be more in time, and you have to be you have to be quite an unselfish person in team because mm-hmm. if you're moving, if somebody's constantly moving, um, you know, out of your comfort zone and you don't allow them time to you know, recover, or you, know, you have to know them well, yeah. to work well as a team in jail. Um, and, well, probably I, I think I already knew the answer to this, and a lot of people listening will too. Do you, what would you prefer, individual or team? To be honest, I actually, I really enjoy team. See, if you're in a good team, and you know everyone on that team is like not even it's not even if you come to if I was in a competition and you was doing it with someone and didn't have any muscle ups or any muscle ups I didn't I wouldn't care. But whereas if we were doing thrusters and burpees and they were going to leave it all on the line, That's I would much matters. rather do it with them. You know, um, so whenever you, you go and you have that really good experience, like we did have a couple of them, like the um, the regionals team where we, we won the warm cleaning jerk, we actually won the whole event, and I think JST won to, went to the games that year. And just the feeling of coming with that line, mm-hmm. you know, maybe creeping the lanes forward, like yeah. there's no one beside you because you're leading the pack and one by like, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds or something. Like it was a big, big thing, and that, that adrenaline rush was was really good. And even mentally, um, you know, the strain. So, um, having watched and followed a lot of the guys, like you know, even following Rich Froden's journey from going to individual to team, like he um, contextualizes it really well, and that like the mental pressure of going team is so far less and maybe it's like you know 10 percent 15 percent less volume or intensity and more so you know more elements on teamwork and stuff you know have you noticed that um on the contrary in that you know going from team to individual it's been a complete change in mind frame the pressure is completely different you know in team you do have all the people to look out for especially whenever you're in team and somebody else is generally i find somebody else is more nervous than i was and then that like kind of that your nature just kind of took over and you're like kind of want to look after them yeah so that actually totally took away the nervousness from you mm-hmm. which worked really well whereas if you're an individual and you're nervous like it's all on, it's you. All on you you know yeah. so um that kind of dynamic in the team worked well i find but um yeah so that was uh, it's, it's a big change and down to the bare basics hours in the gym and type of training has it changed drastically um n- now it has like yeah it, it definitely has like especially t- for now of like training for the games and things um there's definitely just a wee bit more volume you know um it has to be um you know so much to train for so much different variants to train for um but in team things it was more like intensity you know you have to be good at going and recovering and, and then going again but in individual it's it's not like that so Team stuff, a session could take much longer, but you're maybe not doing as much. Exactly. You know. Yeah, um, and even just to kind of close that out, what try and describe what it feels like getting on. So I was there, and like even I'm watching from the stands, but I remember on that final day, you lining up with ten of the best CrossFitters in Europe at the time <coughs> for that final yeah, final peak yeah, yeah. in regionals, and it was it was nothing short of biblical. <laughs> like what were your feelings? Like try your best to describe that day. You walking out, you know, with 
BKG sitting beside you, Lucas Hogberg, Bronislav, all these big, big names, Frederick Gideas, and you know, you're on the line and you've earned your place to, in, the, in that final heat. Yeah. How did that feel? Uh, to be honest, I remember standing down, so the velodrome was actually, the steps went up into the velodrome, so you could hear all the sound coming down, so everyone was around it. And I actually have goosebumps even now thinking about it, because it literally felt like I was in the Gladiator movie. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> like you could hear people chanting and going mad, and the, the energy was absolutely electric, and it actually felt, that's what it felt like. And, um, you know, especially in that final event, like the final event didn't go great for me. Um, it was like thrusters and then rope climbs. It was the first time they'd done the short rope, and like my legs rope climbs at 100 kg wouldn't be amazing. <laughs> so, um, but still, like I was pumped and I was giving it all I could, you know. Yeah. Um, but even before that, all the other events was the same. But that, yes, yeah, that the energy before that final event was amazing. And did you find that was you can you can really latch on to that that energy and kind of use that as momentum go forward in your own training, or kind of would you go through the lulls of it all, or kind of how does that affect you? Um. Like without a doubt, so that, that feeling of standing there and you know getting to perform on a stage that you have worked your ass off to be on, like you know three injuries and different things, that has fueled many's of day that you didn't want to train or many's a day you didn't want to do rehab, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that is a a big um, milestone in my head to yeah. pull on, you know. Well, an amazing achievement, and we haven't even touched on probably the biggest one in your kind of competitive across <coughs> career so far, which is that. Petey has indeed qualified for the games this year um, as the national champion of Ireland, which fair play to you, mate. Thank you very much. Um, it's not not easy done. No, um, it wasn't. So, kind of talk us through that. You know, when did you really kind of incentivize the idea that shit, right? This is my year because I know I know personally from just knowing you, you've dealt with injury, you've dealt with kind of ups and downs in the last five years. Um, you know, you have had your bump and grind. So, when did you think? Right, I'm going to go to the games here, and it's going to be my my year. Or was there a big master plan, or how um, did you approach it? Yeah, there there was a plan. So even in the year that I went to regionals, I didn't compete. I didn't do very much at all. Um, I just focused on myself. From the years before that and open scores, I knew that I was fit enough and good enough, but I just knew my skills weren't there. So I was like, I don't need to compete. I just need to work, train, and get better. Mm-hmm. And if I get on the if I get on the floor, I'll do the do the business. Um, so it was kind of a similar thing. <clears throat> Last year, I was recovering from injuries and um, a couple of things. It's just you know I was just sore and my wrist was sore and elbow was sore, and um, I just decided like you know right, it's no competitions. I, I know I can hang. I know I can put myself in the in the place where I need mm-hmm. to be. I just need to train and keep myself healthy and get there. So that was sort of the plan after after elbow surgery. Whenever the whole change happened <clears throat> um, <clears throat> for 2019 Open. Um, the, uh, the start of the year, I was like, you know, when the whole national champion thing came out, I was absolutely gutted because I was only I had elbow surgery in November and there was a few setbacks and like there was no chance it was going to be fit in time for that open and like in fair play, Mickey Smith took his place and he done Ireland proud, you know, he he, very yeah, proud. he really did and like you know, hanging with some of the big the big dogs and in the world, um, and you know, deserved to be there. He is a games athlete, big you know, um, but yeah, no, I was hell bent then on making sure I punched my ticket later in the year. So basically everything, you know, getting up, you know, whatever time in the morning before and after work, training twice a day, like everything was geared towards that. And I was, to be fair, if I hadn't made it this year, I would have been a right kick in the teeth because mm-hmm. I did, like, that was my main focus, you know. And five years ago, setting out was going to the CrossFit Games, your goal? 
<laughs> going to the CrossFit Games, you should go as a joke. It's like, oh, what are you training for? I'm going to the Games. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, actually, I'm going to the Games. <laughs> do you know? That's crazy. So uh, th- it actually always was the joke, do you know, that you know, you'll, you'll compete at the Games or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, so now to make it reality, it's pretty cool. And how stressful was that? So for anybody, there will be a lot of people listening that aren't um, CrossFitters or yeah. know what CrossFit is. So even to add context to what PD's actually achieved, it's the equivalent of... Essentially, getting to the Rugby World Cup, or uh, I don't even know what the, the Gaelic Cup is. So I'm not gonna embarrass <laughs> the Sam Maguire. Aye, the Sam Maguire, whatever. Um, you know, it's like getting to the FIFA World Cup in soccer or football, whatever you call it. Um, that's essentially what he's achieved here, and it is. It's it's the pinnacle within our sport. There's no other competition uh, above the CrossFit Games. It is essentially the World Cup. So, um, and the qualification process for that is a thing called the CrossFit Open, which is a worldwide. Um, inclusive uh, fitness competition that anybody can do um, but for the guys in the top end it's a very 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 stressful five weeks so kind of walk me through that I know um, from having being kind of vigilant and, and seeing the the table like we had some really big names like you had Mick uh, Mickey Smith you had Ar- well Army's Lithuania but you had Sam Stewart who's an incredible athlete and Jamie Heaton who's incredible and then a couple of fringe athletes that are always yeah. on the toes and can mm-hmm. fire spanner in the work so how was that five weeks um, as a competitor? Um, like, how did you find it? Um, you know, it started off nice and like dandy, as you could say. Like, you're like, right, okay, you know, uh, if you talk to it, you're thinking, right, I'm going to crush this. Motivation's high, everything's going really well. Um, you know, uh, just couldn't wait to attack it. But then, coming like week three, the stress really started to kick in. Um, and yeah, it did get really stressful because, as I'd mentioned, that you know I had been doing everything to to get there, and I was still it was very close to the top um, between me, Sam, and Jamie. And um, unfortunately, Mickey had just he he bombed in the first workout, and like luckily for me, because then like, that sort of ruled him out. Yeah. But um, but he still came back. He showed character and came back and like put in some big performances. Yeah, credit to him. For yeah, that. it really was because I if, if that was me, I don't know if I would have continued, but. He continued and put in like you know world class performances and some time, of the rest of them. Big time. <coughs> um, so yeah, no, it was sort of it was sort of stressful then. So you you're you're waiting for the workout to come out, and then you know you're trying to hit it with the best tactics, and then you have to come away from that and think right, okay, am I going to repeat this on the Monday, um, or shit, should I do this on the Sunday? Yeah. And then maybe do it again Monday night, which did happen then later down the weeks. Um, but in the first couple of weeks, it was like right, do it on the Friday, then do it on the Monday, and that was it done for mm-hmm. the first two weeks. And then the third week was like three, and then the fourth week was three, and then the last week was two. That's crazy. So uh, it was a lot of a lot of repeats and a lot of work. But oh, um, stress. Yeah, stress. Sorry, the last week was three as well, actually. <laughs> so it was. So uh, yeah, by the end of it, I uh, you know you're just getting up and getting your adrenaline up that many times. Um, you just you're just done by the end of it. You know, for I me mean, anyway. There was a workout that uh, I think they tried to pull your score on the end. You appeal, but would you finish like top thirty, top forty, or something? I finished like it's in that workout. I finished like sixteenth in the world, and then they called the depth in the wall ball target or whatever, and uh, dropped to like I don't know sixty something in the world. It took like thirty seconds off me, and that was that was massive because that was actually that workout. I had done that workout like three times, mm-hmm. so done on the Friday with terrible tactics, like. And I just went, like, classically, I just go and blew up and then die. <laughs> and that's what I'd done. And then the second time I'd done it, it took, like, two minutes off it. And I was like, I think I can go faster. Mm-hmm. So then done it again the Monday night, came in here, like, late in the Monday night. You know, I slightly took the day off work, slept all day, and, you know, did everything you could to recover. Um, and then done it the Monday night and was like, I'm happy with this. You know, mm-hmm. I've done this score and done it with different tactics. I'd seen the, the throning tactics. It was like, you know, you do 10... 
12 wall balls, four muscle-ups. God, I can't even remember. But it was something like that. And then you, know, you row, do that for six rounds, and then do a 40-calorie row, and then do another six rounds of whatever the wall balls and muscle-ups were, and then absolutely kill yourself at the end of the row. And like at the end of the row, I went like, you know, I remember I, remember I finished the second time, the, the workout, and I remember thinking, I didn't leave everything I had there. You know, I was lying on the floor still, still gas, but I was like, it was still a bit more there, and I wasn't happy. Yeah. So I was like, I need to do this and again. That's, and that's interesting, and, and it'll really help with the second part of the interview, is that it's a, in CrossFit, um, physiologically and psychologically, it's one of the most demanding sports on earth, and I would stand by that statement in that. It's, it, for, you, for you to squeeze out two, three, four percent in a workout requires so much more pain. Um, but essentially, it's normally it's a, it's a mental barrier, and, and even to isolate what you said is that you knew you had some in the tank, you, but you also knew how much it was going to hurt mm. to have to do that. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that I'm really, really interested in, and, and we will touch on it. But um, I actually want to ask you the big bad question that we ask everyone, because it, it will form um, the, the second part of the interview here, is um, kind of what is your version of success, and, and more so, how do you define success? Um. Every, probably a lot of people have different answers for that. I think, I think success is something you know, you work towards and you you know you set your goals out, your targets, and you achieve it. You know, I don't think success can't be success can't be achieved without failures. I know it's you know people's the the old um, sayings of you win or lose, and it's it's or no sorry you win or learn. You don't win or lose. Yeah. Um, which is very true because you actually only really learn from your failures. And there is research to show that you know athletes whenever they fail. You know, that's when you really refine the process. That's whenever you, um, you know, you work smarter, you work mm-hmm. harder, and that's how you get to where you want to be. Like I'm sure you ask any athlete, they would want to achieve more, they'd want to go faster, they want to do this. You know, anyone at any level in sport will always want to be better. Yeah. Um, and if you were talking to any of them, probably the likelihood is they all have their setbacks. Even if you ask Matt Fraser, there'd be setbacks for him at times, you know, even in his early days or whatever it was, you know, everyone would have them stories because that's really is what you learn yeah. from. So to contextualize kind of your, your version is, is um, kind of you're either winning or you're learning and, and it's a journey in a sense that you're never really losing, you're only learning from mistakes or failures or maybe not competing the way you wanted to do it. But even to contextualize and really be succinct with it word for word, how would you define it? You know? Success. Um, and it's a difficult thing to define. Well, yeah. Um, like for me, even like uh, me and Paddy were talking about this in, in one of the first episodes. Is like his um, his definition of success was night and day different to mine. And that's one thing that we're really we're finding is is so relative to the individual because success is relative to the individual. But my mantra for success is fulfilling my potential every day. And obviously, my potential is totally different to yours or Paddy's well, or whoever. That's, 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 that is a very, very good one because fulfilling, fulfilling your potential. Like, you know, somebody who's just started CrossFit and saying they want to go to, like, I'm, I know just keep talking about CrossFit, but again, that's what we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying they want to go to the games, it's like, that's not realistic. You know, getting your first pull up or doing this or doing that. Yeah. It's, it is, yeah, it is. it's f- fulfilling your potential and having, you know, going about that, you know, whether you do fitness for health, whether you do it for health and fitness or you do it, you know, to have a better family life mm-hmm. or whatever it is, having your goals and meeting them. So, as you say, to contextualize it is like to steal your, to steal your thunder, it is um, f- fulfilling your potential um, and, and reaching your goals. You mm-hmm. know? No, and, and the big thing that I'm interested in as well is like <coughs> I'm big into personal development, big into kind of 
figuring out uh, the psychology of what makes someone them, essentially, you know, how, what makes a high performer a uh, better performer than the layman. So kind of a couple of things that I wanted to ask you, obviously relative to what you do, what are the, you know, and it's difficult, it's often difficult for people to contextualize this because they do it every day and it's habit and it's normal to them, but what are some things that you do differently to others and that you've maybe recognized that, you know, are your strengths and help you kind of be successful? You know, what is the infrastructure of your life? Do you have routine? Do you have um, certain habits that you do? Do you have, um, you know, even go off with routine? Like, what's a standard day for you, and, and why is it set up that that, that way? Um, yeah, probably routine, routine and consistency. Um, you know, even like like after surgery and things. You know, it was you know the last thing you wanted to do was drive to the gym to do your rehab, but it was just getting out and talking to people and doing whatever. You know, just routine of getting to the gym. So even I just made that my routine. Um, a typical day now is just like you know training before work you know getting up at like six training like half six to say eight or half eight and then rolling into the office hopefully in around nine o'clock maybe <laughs> ten past nine um uh, and then doing that then working nine until half five six then coming to eighty twenty, then training for maybe half six to half eight going home going to bed and doing it again the next day repeating that and repeat yeah so it is just consistency and routine but that's only that's only doable if you have discipline. Well, if you have discipline, but you also need goals as well. Yeah, you know, okay. whether it's interim goals or whatever it is. Like you know, I I still had that discipline whenever I was training for a team mm-hmm. because I wanted to get Be better and I wanted to 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 do this. And even to take what take what you've said there and run with it is, you know, are you a big goal setter? You know, um, is that something that you kind of live your life? Personally, I'm a massive goal setter. I live my life by goals. To yeah. me, a goal is a way to kind of quantify progression. Um, yeah, exactly, me. exactly. You have to set goals, and you know, if if they don't scare you, then it doesn't. Like I think I, I did write down a good few years ago that I, I wanted to go to the games. You know, um, I wouldn't be big into that. You know, journaling and whatever. Sometimes I would do it. You know, you go through phases. And you know, you just sit down, and be like, right, what do you, what do you want to do? Whether, um, whether it's in in work life or whether it's in you know your um, CrossFit life or whatever it is. Um, and going to the games actually was one of them. And I remember actually even even Neil actually sort of half laughed at me. And I remember having a meeting with him. This could be three years ago. I'm saying like, I want to go to the games. And in 2018, if it wasn't for that handstand ramp, it would have actually been a possibility because mm-hmm. I came like nearly last in that event because I face planted <laughs> so many times. Um, so yeah, you know. If you don't set big goals, then you know you're never going to achieve anything. Yeah, really. And even again to isolate that, it's totally relative. Like for you, you knew in like internally you had the capacity and the ability to go and do that. So that you know a goal for you, saying I want to go to the games, that might scare the average crossfitter. But whenever you internally knew that you have it in yourself. It's an important thing to set a goal that does scare the fuck out of you. Yeah, exactly. Because the more uncomfortable you get in in the journey, the better of an athlete. Well, it's you know the athlete part of it is relative to you. So the better of an athlete you're going to become because yeah. of the the kind of the trials and tribulations along that path. But um, that's interesting. Um, there was one I picked up on one thing as well that I wanted to formulate a question that can maybe get something out. But what is something different? Um, well, name a difference uh, from this year in comparison to last year, the years past that you do now, whether it be anything from discipline to reading books to, um, I know you've started working with your sister who is mm-hmm. a sports psychologist. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, kind of what's what's the differences, what developments have you made even in the last year? Um, I can say even from last year to this year, my mindset's very different. Even just this year of, you know, 
coming into the year knowing that you qualify for the games it's like it's you know fire under your yeah it really is you know just getting out of bed to go and train just isn't an issue you know it's things like that um you know obviously first thing in the morning don't think anybody's going to be jumping out of yep. bed to to do squats or deadlifts you know um so uh as much as you love training um but yeah and as you say i have had worked with the sister and things and you know it's it is nothing major i, I did work with her a lot around the open time you know of it's more just general conversations, you know, someone who understands the sport as well and being like, right, what's your focus for this workout? What can you control? What can't you control? Um, like I, I used this example before of like in 20.2 or whatever, 19.2. Um, it was like the Dubliners. I kept tripping like the first time or the first time I'd done it. And then she was like, what is it, 20 Dubliners? She's like, that's 10 seconds. You're telling me you cannot control yourself for 10 seconds you can't do this for 10 seconds and that's all i thought about whenever i was doing it i was like this is 10 seconds just just work um, and it worked didn't trip once the whole second time whereas the first time it tripped like a dozen times so it just shows how mindset and how you approach something really affects the outcome mm -hmm. you know if you tell yourself that you're done before you start or if you tell yourself like i remember in 20.1 that was the you'll remember it well the snatches and burpees it was a, a horrible workout yeah but I remember in the second time doing it, I was just like, I'm just going to go out hot and I'm holding on here because this is what I have to do. And I just knew I had no choice. And I remember about four minutes in, like I felt like I had whole body shut down. I was like, I, I actually want to stop and lie down. I want to get in the feet position right now and lie here and not move. And that's, <laughs> that's funny, like even to hear you say that, you know, I'm going to go out hot here and hold on. Like I, I train with PD quite regularly now and like I've never met someone that can hurt or that can go to that dark place as much. And it's like it's like habit for him now, but it's it's actually interesting to see because me like the inner bitch in me is very big, <laughs> very sassy. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. so crazy to come in with you and Cara and the likes, um, and just see how kind of the top operators are, are yeah. approaching workouts. And even to go off on what you said, you know, taking like a wee tiny elements of the workout and putting your focus in on them. Yeah, you know, is yeah. that something? That, and even from the sports psychology point of view, is like. You know, was there always like mini goals within the workout, or you know, has that changed your approach to things? It probably does. Like you know, it's just sort of ingrained in me now to to do that. You know, so as you say, if it's like whether it's say if it's muscle ups or something, say if I'm doing rowing and muscle ups, you know, rowing sort of comes second nature. If I'm in the row, I'm thinking right, okay, try and relax your arms a wee bit, try and use your legs as much as possible. Then whenever it comes to the muscle up, it's like right, okay, it's go time. You know, really focus on what you're doing. Like whether you're focused on your breathing, you're trying to focus on something rhythmical mm -hmm. to take your mind off it a wee bit you know you're not thinking about how tired you are you're not thinking about something else it's just sort of second nature it's just sort yeah, of what I you think, do now. i think workout awareness made is something that i have definitely recognized in with with kind of you and, and a couple of the other guys is like you know being aware of transitions being aware of fucking what where your placement is being aware how far away your jump rope is that's one thing that i i'm quite a cash crossfitter like to think i'm a competitor but it's like you come in and and you know, there's workouts that we have both done unbroken and yet you're beating me by a minute and I'm just like, where the fuck is he making up that Again, time? that's just stuff that's been ingrained in me, you know, through like kneeling and doing qualifiers. And you just pick it up yourself and, you know, Neil's great at that as well. He, oh, he's such so analytical and we'll pick up on things and, you know, you just try and refine it all the time. That process has been happening, I guess, probably for four years of doing qualifiers or the open or whatever it is. So you just mm -hmm. pick these things up as you go. And even back to kind of what makes you you, like, are you a big reader or, you know, how, or do you consume information on CrossFit or on mental? Um, I'm actually or? not huge, you know, since it's terrible. Since I've finished university, I have not done much like self learning or whatever, you know. I do a bit reading and programming and things because I started doing a bit of that now for, for people. Um, and I actually really enjoy it too. 
um, it's something I will try and learn up more and even in engineering I haven't really done much CPD <laughs> because all my spare time is just you know training. going into training yeah. you know well that's that's um, relative to your life goals at the moment yeah exactly it's something I will obviously focus on more but at the minute yeah as you say it's it's not really there um, yeah but um, and even to wrap up, I think 10 a.m. class is coming in now, so we'll wrap up. But even just to finish off, you know, where will people see you this year, and kind of what's your plans for the rest of the year? Um, rest of the year, I'm hoping to do at the minute. There's talk now of getting a system team in for Madrid. Oh boy! Potentially, yeah. So to win a couple of G's, anybody yeah, it's big wants to win big comp money, go to um, Madrid. Yeah. So me, Mickey. Cara and Kerry are possibly doing it. Awesome. Um, which should be a good team because they're all like really good athletes. Good athletes yeah. Um, so yeah, I only we talked about it yesterday, so I might do that. I'm hoping to provide the coronavirus isn't still <laughs> at large. I'm hoping to head to Asia potentially. Got an invite to go and compete there. Nice. Um, I would like to do other sanctions, but I hadn't planned any at the start of the year, and that just falls at a nice time. Yeah. And then then I got an invite and see me doing qualifiers and things. I think I'm still a wee bit scarred from the open, so I didn't want to do any more. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that's it. Then also, I think in the Apollo Cup in Waterford, I think I'm doing that with Tag Lawless. We tag. I agreed to that, yeah, so that'll be good well, fun. I say we, tag. <laughs> we tag, yeah. Big tag. Big tag lifts more than all of us. Yep. Um, yeah, that later in the year, so that'll be fun. It'll look really good, fun. And then after that, I'll just be heading to America, hopefully, to head to Train Think Tank for a few weeks and go on to. Go to throw down with likes of Travis Mayer and Noel Olsen and Chandler Smith and all them boys. So Sick, that'll man. be good fun. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, kind of shout outs and thank yous. Um, big thank you to Neil Laverty and the 8020 team for letting us um, come in and pretty much invade the gym for an hour or two. Um, big thank you to you, PD. No problem. Um, I would hope we'd get you on for a wee part two, maybe pre-games. Yeah. Um, you can get PD at his plugs, which plug yourself, mate. PD is now religious on his Instagram game, so <laughs> get on, follow his journey. He's doing a lot of content about his training. Um, so where can they get you at? Um, it's PD underscore savage. Uh, before. Um, no, change it now to PD underscore savage. Oh. Don't know, just had a wee change of heart. Um, <coughs> Yeah, it was funny. Bro. I was never was talking to the guys in, from the Waterford the, the podcast, and your guy, the guy Shane, said something. I don't really know anything about you. You know, um, you never put anything on Instagram. And I was like, sorry, I've been doing CrossFit like six yeah. years, but and you know, probably compa competitive around the country. But just because you went off social media for about six months, you know, people think you're not training, you're not, not doing you're anything. Not doing anything. <laughs> so I thought that was a bit funny. But yeah, now we, I'm just having a bit of fun with it. You know, I'm like if people want to follow your journey and I've really felt a lot of support from people big time so I've just been like you know I, I want to share my training I just feel like I want to do it you know I'm not really getting much on with it or whatever but I'm just having a bit of fun with it and sharing it and um, yeah that's really really why Side I'm doing Side note it. to anybody in PD's position document don't create just document your journey yeah. but um, yes go on give them we follow give us a follow um, if you liked what you've seen today um, we will be rolling these out um, kind of once a week Patty. yeah uh, once a week we're aiming to roll these out we're getting high performing individuals on so get on we're going to be putting it up on the instagram facebook and all uh, all social channels we'll we'll put that in the, the links and bios after but yes one more time thank you pd for coming on and we will see you guys soon